Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome each and every one of you to the house of the Lord. Let's go before the Lord with thanksgiving, lifting up our voices, giving him praise. Amen. Go ahead and give God praise in the house. He's worthy to be praised, worthy to be lifted up. We glorify you, God. We magnify you, my King. You're worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. I'm going to have something to give God thanks for in the house today. If you don't know what you have to give thanks for, if you walked in on your own accord, you're breathing the breath of life, you have to give him thanks. Amen. The word of God says in Psalm 86 and 12, I will praise thee, O Lord my God. With all my heart I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. How many know that God has delivered you not only that, through the, the death, burial, uh, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he has delivered you from the grave. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. And we should be thankful for that. We should be thankful that in that, we have overcame the grave. Let us worship the Lord together.
Watch him burning for you. 
come into a place of worship and connect with a holy God and realize that he's overcome death, he's overcome hell, he's overcome the grave, and therefore sickness has no hold on me. Heartbreak has no hold on me. I have peace, love, and joy in the presence of God. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. You are so good. We preach 
thank you for many great years of pastoral care and service. I need pastor appreciation. something that I learned a long time ago. Uh, 
and I'm still learning it, but you have to trust to a fault. If you want to go somewhere in the kingdom of God, and what that means, you have to entrust people. Knowing that person very well may hurt you. You have to take your heart out and lay it right there and be willing in order to really know if you're healed and if you're going to have victory and revival because God's doing a work in people that humanity doesn't trust, but God's done a work and they've got amazing things they're going to do as well. So trust to a fault is one of the things I learned early on that I think has blessed our years of pastoring. Sister Crutchfield. Praise the Lord. Live. Um, there's no words. You know, um, if you know me, and most of you know me that well, this is my heart. My whole heart is here in this church. Ugly cry. I just love it. My friends are here. My family's here. Just, you know, everything. And my whole heart is here. And it's always been my honor to serve right here in this city and doing what Jesus has called us to do. And that's just what I want to do for him. And thank you for just being what you are, which is amazing. And I love you all. Thank you. Praise God. God is so good. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Good to be in the house of the Lord, feel the presence of God. So outside, you'll notice there's a couple of tables. There's one in the foyer, and then there is also one that's outside uh, when you go out today. And it's important that you pick one up and take it home with you. And we want to bless you with a pan and a lid. The importance of these pan-free, it's not going to cost you anything at all. We're giving this gift to you. In turn, we are asking for a gift back from you. What we want you to do is fill this pan up with a cultural dish from wherever you're from or something you're gifted at making or something that you love tasting. And we want you to fill this pan up, and next Sunday at our 11 o'clock service, we want you to bring it back covered and ready. We're going to have burners out there, and we're going to have the best cultural meal you have ever eaten in your life. I mean, we are going to have jerk chicken. We are going to have chicken tikka masala. We are going to have uh, spaghetti, probably. Uh, we are going to have uh, Greek food. We're going to have all kinds of dishes, and we want you to make your best dish. The dishes will be right on it, your name, and 
uh, right on it what the dish is and what the culture is. Next week's All Nations Sunday. It's a day we celebrate our diversity that we have here at our church. That and, and it's that one day we get to come together, we get to taste foods from all different nations, all different areas, and we just get to experience the diversity that actually is in this congregation. How many is excited about that service? Your free pan today with you. All right. It's important. I know how much food we have by how many pans are taken. So uh, I, a lot of people are like, well, I'll just put it on my own. If you'll at least take the pan, I, I, it helps me count how many dishes that we've got coming back for next Sunday. It's going to be great. Flag parades, special singing, sign interpretations. Special speaker. We got all. Uh, we've got a missionary to Botswana that's going to be with us speaking. A friend of mine, Rick Perry. I mean, I'm going to try to get him to sing. I don't know, but it's awesome having Rick Perry with us, right? Not the rock star, not the politician. Okay, he's the missionary. All right. Still trying to get him to sing, but uh, we'll see. Praise God. It's good to be in church, isn't it? Alright, so I got that. Tuesday night, we're going to be having our midweek Bible study from 6.30 to 7.15. 7.15, we're going to stop the Bible study, and uh, we're all going to congregate in here at 7.30, from 7.30 to 8. Everyone that's part of working next weekend, because it's a big operation, what all we do, uh, is needs to be here. All our leaders need to be here so we can make sure everything's covered for All Nations Sunday. If you want to come out, I promise we will find something for you to do next Sunday. We have plenty. Amen. So so with that, Sister Crutchfield, am I leaving anything out? Scripture up. Yeah. Lost the mouse. 
thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Lest thou also be tempted. I want to talk today for a few minutes. Restore one. Restore one. That's what I want to talk about. Hold your finger up with one. Say restore one. Restore one. Restore one. Amen. Brother, if you would lead us in prayer. Lord Jesus, we are thankful, Lord, to be in your presence today, Lord, and hear, Lord, the word, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would open up, Lord, our understanding, our spiritual ears, Lord, our spiritual eyes. The word says, hear what the spirit of the Lord says. As you speak, Reverend Tommy Crutchfield, Lord, we pray, Lord, hallelujah, for this profitable word, this reproof of word, Lord Jesus, and this correction of word, Lord yes. Jesus, hallelujah, is driven into my soul, Lord, to change me, to put me on a path of righteousness. Yes. Thank you, we praise you. And the congregation said, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated in Jesus' name. So, Galatians here, the Apostle Paul is talking, he's saying, if a First of all, that we should restore someone if they're overtaken in a fall, that made a mistake, if they're found out to be in sin. He said, ye which are spiritual specifically, restore that person. And uh, then he goes on, such a one, a spirit of meekness. He says, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So oftentimes when someone falls into a sin, it's easy to kind of point a finger at them and at their sin and talk about how you would have stayed out of that or you wouldn't have done that or you wouldn't have made that mistake. But we have to be careful here. The scripture says because if you don't think about who you are and the fact that you could fall in those same shoes and that it's very easy. You know, we're all humanity. We're all dealing with temptation. We all are in similar flesh. And we all have these fleshly desires and these carnal natures that, you know, sin approaches and none of us are above slipping up, making a mistake. And he says, you've got to consider yourself here. Have a spirit of meekness, but consider yourself, lest thou also be tempted. If I judge that person and critique them and I'm pointing my finger at them and I'm looking at them and I'm saying, oh, I'd never do that. Then guess what? I'm going to be facing a battle soon and it's going to be that same battle that that person went through. So I can't point my fingers at somebody saying, oh, they shouldn't have done that. I need to have passion and compassion on them. Ye which are spiritual, it says, restore. And then he goes on and he says, bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. Not commit their sin, but bear their burden. And there's a difference there. And so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Hey, it's the blood of Jesus. It's the only reason I'm here. I am nobody. I was nobody going nowhere fast until Jesus Christ touched my life and changed me. So I don't have a right to look at somebody and condemn them because I was heading that same way myself. He says, don't think to be something when you're nothing. 
But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. He shall also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit, spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, how many quote that scripture, in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. you got to know, sometimes put the scripture in the context that it falls within. And what Galatians starts here in 6 is Paul talks about people that have made mistakes, people that have sinned, people that their sins have become obvious and how you are to handle them. And then he continues on in this and he tells us, you shall not be weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. And when he's still talking about this same set of scripture, how we're treating others in the body of Christ, how we're reaching out to those that not are lost here, but those that have made a mistake, those who have sinned, those who have made an open error and they did wrong. That's really, he's talking about you which are spiritual, restoring these people. And then if you continue on, he talks about being careful not to judge. He talks about you, you could find yourself in those same shoes if you're not careful. Be careful thinking you're somebody when you're not somebody. And then he goes on down here, let us not be weary in well-doing. And then look, he specifically and he closes it out right here by saying what he's talking about still. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men. But how does he close it? Especially unto them who are of the household of faith. How the church handles things. How the church restores how we provide restoration. And I'm talking about restoring one today. I want to get that in your heart, your mind before you leave out of here. I want you to have it in, in, ingrained in you that I want to help restore one. I want to bring somebody back to where they were or to where they can be. Restoration. It's a place of true healing. Ye which are spiritual, in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. We've got to restore people. We are a place of healing. We had to get some imaging done last week. And uh, we signed in to get the x-ray type procedure. And uh, when I was at the desk signing in, I looked up and how many single stickers on the wall, little papers on the wall. There's like a bulletin board where I was registering. And it said, it was at a hospital. So I was signing in for x-ray. And in the hospital it said, uh, I don't remember the exact words, but I'll summarize it like this. It, it got down to where it said, this is a place of healing. And, and what it was saying was, it, it, what the words, the innuendo was, don't be angry. Don't come in here cutting up. Don't come in here, you know, with a big attitude. 
Why is it taking so long? And he's saying, this is a hospital. And if it's a hospital, it has to be a place of healing. And that starts with how you come into this place. And it starts with how your attitude is in this place. And, and that's going to depend on how the rest of the patients have that atmosphere of healing. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. How many looked at that sign before and thought, man, I need to calm myself down? Nobody. Sometimes we might need that sign in our window, right? When we're driving down the road. I am a Christian. I have been born again. I am only here by the grace of God. No, I am not going to get angry. Churches, the body of Christ, are designed to be a place of healing. You see, churches have different personalities. Anybody ever been to any other churches? Yeah, anybody? A few? Have any of this is the only church you've ever been to in your life? I, I'm going to congratulate you. Everybody's been to other churches. Churches have different personalities. And uh, often people will shift to the ones that, that fit what they want, what they're looking to, what they are desiring. And, but they have different personalities. I'm not knocking those personalities by what I'm saying, but some churches, you know, I've been to a lot of churches in my years. Not here, it's different because nobody's really related to anybody. I mean, it's not, but I've been to a lot of churches that were just uh, like three or four families. Anybody ever been to one of the, it's like three or four families and then, you know, their kids married their kids and everybody, not, not wrong married. I mean, they, the different families married their kids. And, and, and it wasn't the same family. And, 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 and it's just, you don't know what I mean. I mean, it, it just become, it becomes a big family. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. that. For them, man, it's great to go see your mama and your cousin and your nephew and your niece on Sunday. That's pretty cool, right? Pretty awesome. And that's kind of the personality those churches have. The issue sometimes with those churches that have those personalities, though, is somebody can't just walk off the street and always feel like they can get into that core group because they're, you know, they're not family. I'm not knocking it. I'm, I'm saying it probably feels good for that family, but they don't necessarily have a, a big, tremendous outreach push. It's more an inreach, and and they they kind of know. Well, this one's doing this, and my daughter's doing this, and my son's doing this, and you know they're playing football or they're playing basketball. They, they know everybody's information, <laughs> right? You ever been there? Uh, I mean, you know everybody's information. And not saying it's bad. My, my niece was doing something the other night, and I talked to my dad on the phone. He's like, I'm at my niece's uh, high school event. And I was like, oh, cool. And, and so I learned that my niece was doing something. That's cool. Right? There's nothing wrong with knowing. I mean, as long as it's the right information and it's good information, right? And not assassinate someone's character or anything like that, but uh, but these churches, you know, they they kind of they kind of know everything about everybody, and, and, and there's not wrong. Some people are looking for that, and then there's other churches you go in, and, and and they're not like the family churches. They're more like the mortuary. <laughs> Come on, 
I mean, it's, I'm not knocking that. I'm, I'm, I'm really not knocking any of these today. It, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of the church that's like this. It's very quiet. Maybe a couple of songs are done, but it's very, uh, very, you know, chill. And, and the, maybe a 15-minute, uh, what do you call it, devotional. And then they go home. And, and what it is, and, and, and for certain people, you know, the people that the, this guy wants to come in, he wants to get on his knees and pray and turn around and leave and go about his day. And, and it fits for them, right? It, it's that, that type of mortuary experience. I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. Not. No, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to move forward. And for people who want this, it might be ideal for them to go into that presence and it be that way, and that's cool. You know, that, that, that's cool. As long as there's a change. As long as when they come through, there's change in their life and they don't go back to being the same as they... We come to church for help. We come to church for strength. We come to church to be changed. And then some churches, they kind of have... Uh, they're, they're, they're not mortuary. They're a little more exciting than that. But they kind of have educational goals. And it, it, it's kind of pretty cool sometimes, when, especially when you... When you have a, 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 a community where education is needed, you know, they'll focus on some things. They'll, uh, they'll take the elderly ladies' taxes and they'll do their taxes or teach them how to do taxes. I've seen that before. It's pretty cool. And uh, they'll, they'll take the young people and they'll give them some education along the ways with some spiritual education and hopefully get them, you know, moving forward and going to college from that point. And they're able to be all that they can be. And uh, it's that, you ever seen a type of church that's kind of like that, just focused in those areas? They may have church schools. They may have uh, after-school study programs at their church, tutoring programs. And then some churches, they're concerts. Right? And, 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 and so they're going to hire the best of the best. Man, I, I don't know, but let's say Jed Booth is the most popular uh, Christian singer out there right now. Well, they're, they're big enough and they got enough space. They're going to call Jed and say, Jed, I'll pay you such and such to come sing for me and lead worship on Sunday. And they get Jed over there and they have a concert every Sunday. And people come in, they lift their hands and they praise God. I'm not knocking this. I'm not knocking any of this. I'm, I'm explaining some of the different personalities that are in churches. Now, now, you do have to ask sometimes the question, is there the change at the end? I don't know. It, it, is somebody committing their life to God? Is somebody uh, repenting of their sins? Are people being, are the, is the baptistry full? Is, it, is the water staying stirred up? I'm just asking the question. But, but spiritual hospitals, spiritual hospitals is what I believe we are. But, but we're, we're not a concert. We're not a family. And, and we got way too much preaching to be a concert, right? And uh, we're, we're not an education place. And, and, and if you were in here at 11 o'clock, you know we are not a mortuary. 
The only thing dying around here is flesh and sin. And then some churches are political. Anybody ever been to one? Uh, I mean, it is it whichever, whichever, conservative, liberal, there are churches, they are political. If it's election time, I will tell you what sermon you are going to hear by which church you are going to go to. It, it, it is just the way it is. It, 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 and, and sometimes some of them are more about a political party than they are about Jesus. It doesn't matter who you're voting for. It matters who you've submitted and surrendered your life to. His name is Jesus. And He is all-knowing. And He is all-powerful. He sees it all. And He is who I serve. Life, the personality here, though, and I did all those to get here, I believe that our personality, I would say it came from when you when you brought a pastor in that was a paramedic, it could have started then. But honestly, when I got here, it already seemed like it was the spirit of the church. And that is, it is a healing church. That's what I believe life is. Now, sometimes, sometimes we can get frustrated with that because somebody comes in here and God just heals them. Maybe over a year or over three years or over five years. And then he takes them somewhere else. And we can get upset at that. But I'm not upset at that if they leave healed. If they leave healed. I understand this from working in a hospital. And that's in a hospital. I see y'all. I don't see you if you're not sick. I either see you if you're sick or if you decided to go to work in a hospital. That's who you see in a hospital. And, and most of the people that have been here over a few years have now become like nurses and doctors working within a spiritual hospital because our mission and our priority is to see people become completely healed. Oh, can somebody say amen? Our focus is on healing people. Maybe you are hurting. There's things that are broken in some of our lives. And guess what? Some of us, and I say us, still aren't there yet. Maybe there's still a little healing to go. How can we, as the body of Christ, help others that are hurting and bleeding and wounded. I saw the sad, and please pray for them, scenes accidentally on Twitter or whatever it's called. And it pulled up and it was, what is that? And there were bodies all over the streets and it, and it smoked my heart with this that they were laying there. I saw one lady with a gunshot wound through her chest. She wasn't a soldier. She wasn't, not that they should shoot soldiers either, but, but she was just a civilian casualty in a war that's going on and, and, and she was attacked and it was sad. 
I, I saw that it was traumatizing to some degree. It's like, what is that? And why is that video just playing? You know what I mean? Is there not? Do you not have to click on things anymore? It's just when you click it. You don't know what I'm talking about. And, and but 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 it was so sad to see this happening to someone because just like me, they feel pain. Just like you, they. If you hurt them, they hurt. And just like them, it, there's no difference. They, they, are, they are human beings and, and they had to go through this. And it's just because of where they were or being in the wrong place at the wrong time or, or what they went through or where they were raised or who their family was. Whatever the situations were that led them to that place, I feel so bad for them and their families. And I am praying for Israel. That was hard. But these people were laying in the streets wounded because of disagreement. And you think, why can't we just find a way to agree? People come here and they're not perfect. And they're not going to walk in here one Sunday and walk out perfect the next. They're not going to come repent of their sins. Be baptized in Jesus name. And the water is warm. This, this is a step. This is the steps of salvation. We repent. We're baptized in Jesus name. Our sins are washed away. And we come out of there. And we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's that simple. It's that easy. But you don't. Step out of that baptistry in perfection. You're forgiven. You're cleansed. But you don't have it all together suddenly. You haven't, you haven't just... This didn't just metamorphosis into your mind and your heart and your spirit. It's going to take time that you deny flesh and that you live for God and that you study the Bible and that you wrap yourself around some people that love God as they learn. But, but people that come here, when you come in on Sundays, they are not, don't expect perfect people. They're not going to be perfect people in here. They're going to come from all kinds of backgrounds, not necessarily church backgrounds, although everybody here today has been to church before, so you kind of come from a church background. In their lives, they may have drugs, recently been on drugs, recovering from drugs. They could have just got out of jail yesterday. They could be dealing with sexual addictions. There could be prostitutes that walk through the door and sit down right beside you. Somebody could have just dealt a dime and be walking in church after they dealt that dime sitting beside you. There may be an alcoholic that is sitting across from you. There's somebody that's addicted to something. Somebody that committed adultery might be across the pew from you or on the other side. Somebody that committed fornication might be might, might be in front of you a few rows. Or somebody that's dealing with major jealousy that they can't get over might be three rows behind you, eyeing you jealous because of the dress you got on, the suit you got on. 
somebody might have just had rage and they were just involved in a road rage accident the other day. Somebody might even be up here on the praise team singing to you. And they were in the club Friday night. We don't know that. Hopefully they were. I don't know everything. We don't know it all. We try to bet that. It's just the way it is. We live in a sinful world. Guess what? Some of the people in this church right now went to some places that nobody should go to online last night. Others are dealing with trauma from unwanted divorces. Anger from unfair abuses. Trapped in abusive relationships. And ultimately when people are abused so often, it's so easy to abuse others. The world leaves its share of wounded people. Bad experiences. Just come in here with bad experiences. Even sometimes people have had bad church experiences. I hope you don't have that today. I hope this is peaceful and holy and God touches your life and ministers to you. Even your own family can do things the wrong way and wound you. Even your own family I mean, we don't all know it all. And we don't know how to handle every situation right. There's not a protocol for everything. I'm not condoning my mistakes, but I am saying I haven't done everything right. Thank you for the commendation for 20 years, but I promise you in 20 years of pastor in this church, I've made some blunders. Luke 8. 43, a woman having an issue of blood 12 years. She'd spent all of her living on physicians. Neither could be healed of any. She came behind him and touched the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood stopped. One translation. And Jesus said, who touched me? He knew virtue had flowed out of him. He said, somebody's touched me for I perceive virtue's gone out of me in verse 46. In verse 47, when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him, she declaring unto him before all people for what cause that she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. You see, she was damaged. She was damaged. She, she had an infirmity. She had a sickness. And it made her unclean to go into the local stores. It made her unclean to go into the churches. It made her unclean to go wherever she wanted to go. And it says she had this issue for 12 years. That would be frustrating to have an issue for 12 years. And, and if I could be so descriptive, it was so bad that, that she was probably broken from this because she could not do things that normal people could do. If she walked into a store and a few minutes later the, the storekeeper looked down, he probably would have ran her out with the broom right, right. because she wasn't supposed to be there. 
because of her issue. And that issue led to this emotional scarring. Could you imagine and, and this emotional trauma, even probably between her and her husband, there was, there was differences in why are you broken and, and, and why, why can't any of this fix you? And, and she didn't know, but she was at her last, last effort and, and she reached out when Jesus came by and, and, and threw it all to the wind and said, you know what, I might get in trouble for this, but I'm going anyways. And she touched the hem of his garment and virtue flowed out of Jesus into her and she was healed. Imagine the deep emotional effects. The changes to her personality. The scars behind the trauma that caused her because she could not be what God designed her to be. She could not be what everybody else was. And Jesus Virtue flows out of him. 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. It says here, ye which are spiritual. Ye which are spiritual. Now, Jesus in this setting with this woman, who was the spiritual one? Jesus was the spiritual one. And when this woman with an infirmity, with a sickness, with a problem, with an issue, touched the hem of his garment... What happened? What, what transferred? Power. Healing. Anointing. And all of a sudden, she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and she was made whole. Ye which are spiritual, the apostle says, are called to restore those that are broken. Ye which are spiritual are called to see that they are healed. In other words, God wants to get the church to the place and the people of the church to where they are spiritual. And what that means, if you really, I'm not talking about pseudo spiritual. I'm not talking about you're spiritual because you say you're spiritual. But I'm talking about somebody that really does pray, somebody that really does fast, somebody that their face is before God and they are sitting to the things of God and the Spirit of God. Ye which are spiritual. What happens when you're spiritual is it's going to okay, spiritual. It's going to be natural. But Sister Crutchfield, come up out here. And, and, and so I'm just going to, I'm not Jesus, but for this I'll be Jesus. She'll be that woman that she touches the hem of my garment and what happens is virtue flows from here into her and this virtue that I have flows in her life. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying you can live a life holy enough and godly enough and separated from the world enough and, and, and praying and fasting and seeking God so strongly that that holy and that anointing that you have inside of you. It is going to flow all of you onto others. It's not Jesus didn't do this. You should say, look at me. He did this so you would also be able to do the same thing. And that's why Paul says, you which are spiritual, restore one in a spirit of meekness. How you handle things. 
how you deal with people is going to be so major. Virtue flowed out of him. We've got to have sensitivity, not fear. Love, not jealousy. Care and compassion, not busyness. Prayer, not apathy. If a man be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore. Restore one. Hold your finger up. Restore one. Hold your finger up. Restore one. Say that with me. Restore one. Restore one. Now hold that finger up and close your eyes and ask God to lay that one on your heart that He wants you to help restore. Take a moment. The ministry of restoration. Hallelujah. You put your fingers down. Give the Lord a hand of praise. The word restore in the Hebrew, I'm not going to try to pronounce it for you if that's all right, but I'll just let you see it on the screen. The, uh, I didn't even get the whole thing on the screen, did I? Sorry, my bad. And uh, the word restore is a word that is used for setting a broken arm or leg or for mending nets or for cutting some growth out of a body. So what he's saying here is that this is, when he's saying you which are spiritual, restore, what restore means is it's as if he had a broken arm and it, let's say it was out of place. We pull it in place and then we put a, a splint and we wrap it and we get it all or castered in the old days and everything's looking good, right? I've got him splinted up. Now, he goes on about his business and he's good, but he's not good forever. Okay? The, the one thing about you is your spiritual restore in the church. This doesn't mean you just get to walk up to him, fix him today with a prayer, and then move on about your business. Because what's going to happen is three years from now, I'm going to see him. And he's you still got me going. I'm still okay. And he's still got that cast on there. And, and, and I'm going to take it off and try to move his arm and it's not going to move. Because it's going to be set up. Why? Because I didn't continue to care for him. It, it, it's like a, you can be seeing, it, it's like a wound, it says, that you cut an infection out of the body. And, 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 and I've done this before. And you take the scalpel and you go in and you cut and, and, and you make an incision. And then all of a sudden that infection comes out. And, and, and then you take the little, uh, the little uh, blunt end scissors and you reach them in there and, and you break that up and then guess what? More infection comes out. And that's important because if not, that infection might spread to their entire body until they become septic and then ultimately can die from that sepsis. But somebody that knows what they're doing can go in and cut that infection out 
and, and then care for them. You don't just cut it out and say, you're good to go now. You cut it out and then you see them again and you clean that out again and then you see them again if need be and you clean that out because you're caring for them. Ye which are spiritual, restore. The ministry of restoration is not a ministry for somebody that just wants to come in and say hey to one person one time and then leave and that's it. You're not going to restore anybody like that. You have to follow up. You have to care. You have to make sure they know you're concerned about what's going on in their life. If there's a problem that comes up between the two of you, then you should biblically work it out among yourself. Go to them. Work it out. And let's get moving forward on this and not allow these wounds to hurt people. Ye which are spiritual. It, how many are spiritual in here? Show of hands. Alright. If you're spiritual, who are you restoring right now? Who are you restoring right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to see people restored. A few weeks ago, a general conference, there was a Aaron Bounds preached. He's from up near where, where the Fowler is. And he said, there is a revival of prodigals. There's a revival of prodigals. And I was like, yes, Lord. But God spoke to me right then. After he made that statement, it was like God whispered in my ear. Could it be the reason we have so many prodigals is because we, the body, have made them. Could we have so? We blame it on the prodigals. But what about the part we had in any or all of that? What about the people we didn't handle right? What about the times we weren't spiritual? And, and, and until and what, he was what he told me is until the church fixes itself, I can't send the prodigals back in to be hurt just like they were. In other words, you got to fix you before I send them into the house of the Lord. Otherwise, they're going to walk through the door and say, same thing as it was when I got hurt before. I'm not saying it's all about them and their hurt, but I'm saying until we fix us, we can't have them back until the church has fixed itself God can't send the broken, the prodigals, the ones that have been wounded over and over again. We've got to work on us. We've got to become the spiritual ones. So when they come through the house, we know how to treat them and how to respond to them. And you got to, when I was there, it was really sad. I was driving along. We spent like 14 days, 10, 14 days doing a Bible school. And it was daylight till dark. And then they gave us this one day. We got to go to a game park. And I'm going through there. And there's this one buffalo out here by himself. Big, humongous buffalo. And there's some hyenas not far away. And they're just kind of walking around these hyenas. And, and big old buffalo, little hyenas. Big buffalo, little hyenas, no problem, right? And then I see the buffalo herd on down the road. And, and the guy told me, he's like, what happens is, is this older buffalo, uh, the, the younger guys push him out of the pack. And he's no longer welcomed in that herd. 
As long as they're in the pack, they got power over all the hyenas. But he said, out here, they'll wear him down. The hyenas will just keep encircling him and keep encircling him and keep encircling him until they make their move to devour him. And there's nothing he can do at that point in time. The hyenas to me are like spirits that wrap themselves around a hurt child of God that doesn't know where, what else to do. They get pushed out of the group. They're not accepted by certain ones. And they're pushed away. And when they're pushed away, those, those spirits are out there. just And I can name them off one by one that's ready to devour them because somebody that's spiritual has got to step out from the flock and go rescue the one and bring the one back in to the fold. Ye which are spiritual, restore. Ye which are spiritual, restore. Can I tell you, people can make 9,990 great decisions and make one wrong or ten wrong. Peter asked the question about sin in Matthew 18, 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? Now, Peter had this me attitude, but the Lord's really addressing an entirety attitude. Now, against me, and I forgive him until seven times. And Jesus said, I say not unto thee until seven times, but seven times seven. In other words, as many times as they come back and they repent, you have got to forgive them. And, it, it, and that doesn't mean you keep them on your list. And that doesn't mean you keep them here. It means that you forgive them. You forgive them. Somebody hold your hand up and say, Restore one. Lift that hand up again, Restore. I think God's moving more and more in somebody's spirit right now. God's showing somebody, Restore one. Restore one. We've got to get worked out of us what we need worked out of us in order to be able to reach those that we need to reach. And can I tell you, I want to reach all the lost, but I want to reach all the backsliders too. I don't want one backslider. I don't want one of you children living in the world, living in sin, living without Jesus. And that's the attitude, the mindset we've got to get. The apostle said when he talked about this ministry and when he talked about doing this, he said to those of the household of faith. Oh, hallelujah. Can we stand for a moment? Hallelujah. I got ten more pages. But I feel like the Holy Ghost is here right now. Ye which are spiritual. Sometimes in the busyness of life, it's easy to lose spirituality. It's easy to get caught up in careers, families, society. That you don't have time to be what maybe you once were or what you're called to be. And I believe that Jesus is in this place right now. And he's calling some people to be spiritual. He's wanting you to see what he's wanting to do among backsliders.
prodigals, people in the church that have made mistakes and that have fallen, and the difference that you could be in that one. You have the choice to push them further away or to bring them fully into the fold. Ye which are spiritual, restore. Is there anybody here that would say, God, I want to be that spiritual person? If that's you, I invite you to the altar this afternoon. If that's you, I invite you. God, I, I, I haven't been as much looking at others. I've been focused on me or mine, my, but help me, oh God, to reach others. I learned a long time ago, if I reach God's children, God will reach my children. If you reach others' children, others will reach your children. God will do that. God will make that impact. Ye which are spiritual, if you desire to grow in God, to be that person, to be that spiritual person, that person that you are not about hurt, you are about healing, that you are not about causing further damage, but you're about putting salve on that wound and allowing it to heal. I mean, the scripture gets real. You might have to talk about it, but it's how you talk about it. It's how you talk about it with them. Somebody might need your help dealing with a situation, but your response and how you look at them and how you look at them from this point forward that, what, that is what means you're spiritual or you're not spiritual. In the name of Jesus, ye which are spiritual, restore. Now I want to talk to somebody here while these are praying. God has gotten a hold of your life. But today you feel broken. You don't want to be pointed out. You don't want to stand out like a sore thumb in here but you're hurt maybe it's the first time you've ever been here this is different I know this is different for me but you're struggling there's a place of healing in this altar nobody's going to shake you or make you do anything you don't want to do or they're not going to make you get in a baptistry or any of that but if you want to talk to God just a little bit closer I encourage you to step out from where you are and just find a place just find a place to pray find a place to talk to the Lord maybe somebody here you've gone through a breakup you've gone through a divorce and you haven't healed God wants you to heal from that maybe you're struggling Something traumatic's happened in your life and you're wounded and you're bruised. And God, the healer is in here. Virtue's about to flow. The Spirit of God is going to flow down in this sanctuary. And there, there's things perhaps even that you still struggle with from your childhood. God's not going to take those things away. But He's going to give you grace that you're able to look at those things and say, you know what? I've gotten through that. I'm moving on forward now. God's healed me. His virtues flowed in my life. Everything's going to be okay. Would you lift up the name of Jesus?
She's going to begin to sing. I invite you one more time. Would you come? Would you come? Make, make a place at the altar. Find a spot. And you just pray. How do I pray, Pastor? You just talk to God just like He's right there. You just start talking to Him. If you're not comfortable coming up, would you make an altar right there at the seat? Just kind of kneel right there. Put your hands on that seat in front of you. And get a hold of the horns of the altar. And don't let go today and talk to God. God, I've been broken. God, I've been wounded. God, I've been hurt. God, I went through something. God, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to. Or I did mean to, and I'm, I'm sorry for it. It was a mess up. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me, God. Let your virtue flow in my life. Let your blood flow this morning. In the name of Jesus.
many receiving a touch of the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. sensitive to the spirit of God that's in the place. Go ahead and lift your hands. Worship him. There's one being filled with the Holy Ghost even now. There's one being touched by his spirit even now. Hey, glory Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory God. Hallelujah. Please pick up one of these pans. 
or a meal that you will return on next Sunday for all nations. Spoken of our pastor in the service earlier, whatever meal that you would want to uh, prepare, representing a culture that you're from or a culture that you want to present uh, for us to share during that service. Make sure that you identify what the meal is, what culture it's from, and mark it clearly on the uh, on the top. Please stand with me as we close. I couldn't remember. What happened was I had it right, and then it gave me design. The presence of the Lord is in this place. We don't have to leave here without a blessing from the Lord. Amen. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer. Pray over that offering. As you are dismissed, please come down the aisle, give in the tithes and offerings, and make your way out. As you're making your way out, connect with someone. Either someone you haven't met before, or someone you haven't talked to in a while, please connect with them on your way out of the service. Lord, we totally submit to you, O oh Lord God. Not only do we submit in the giving of the offering, O oh God, to give, O oh God, from our hearts and not grudgingly. Oh, but as we feel the touch of your spirit even now, Lord God, your train has filled the temple. Oh God, it's not about me. It's not about us, oh Lord God. But it's about us, oh Lord. Oh God, coming before you and in the need of prayer and your presence leading and guiding us, oh God. Lead us in what we give in this offering today. But oh Lord, bless us evermore, oh God, in the spirit. We need to be spiritual in order to restore one. Allow the spirit, oh Lord God, of your presence, that power of the Holy Ghost to touch us even now. Oh God, that we leave here blessed, that we leave here with direction, we leave here with peace and comfort that we can only receive by the power of the Holy Ghost. Bless this offering. Bless us as we go. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Those that are praying, continue to pray. If you're not praying, please come. Give in the offering. You're dismissed. In Jesus' name.